today on It's Time. That really there's no individual or personal responsibility in things. And friends, that's not biblical. I hear the calling, it's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the New Testament book of Acts. So follow along as we join Pastor Mike. to the book of Acts. And we're going to be looking at chapter 24. Actually looking at the last couple of verses of Acts chapter 23, we find Paul um, being arrested, you might say, for um, really doing nothing other than just going to Jerusalem and um, people bringing false accusations against him. Shouldn't surprise us when it happens to us. It always somehow does, but it shouldn't. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word tonight, may your Holy Spirit speak to us. Give us your wisdom that comes only from you. And so we ask you now that, God, that your Holy Spirit would guide our thoughts and cause us to remember these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we remember that Paul was arrested as he tried to go into the temple in Jerusalem. And we remember the guard came and rescued Paul from the the mob, you might say. And then... He sent him down to Felix, not the cat. Felix, the governor. And Felix was kind of a rascal. Uh, he was the first slave because his brother was a friend of Claudius. He ended up being, you might say, one of the um, governors in the area. The first slave that ever uh, came from nowhere, got his citizenship, and then ended up uh, as a governor. And so it says, now after five days... This is uh, chapter 24, verse 1. After five days, Ananias, the high priest, came down with the elders and a certain orator named Tertullius and gave evidence to the governor against Paul. Now, a couple of things. First of all, let's look at this. After five days, this was a high-speed case. Uh, Understanding as we'll get to the end of this uh, story in the chapter tonight, you're going to see that they retained Paul for two over two years which was contrary, by the way, to Roman law. But uh, for two years, they kept him. And so they wasted no time in trying to indict Paul on his, you might say, causing a riot within the temple. Of course, he didn't do that. Well, it says, after five days, Ananias, the high priest, came down with the elders and a certain lawyer named Tertullius. It says order, but really, he was a Gentile, um, who was well-skilled in speaking, and so uh, they hired him to represent them before uh, Felix. And so, w- when he was called upon, Tertullius began his accusation, saying, Seeing that though you uh, through you we enjoy great peace and prosperity uh, is being brought to this nation by your foresight... We accepted always in all places, most noble Felix, with all thankfulness. Well, right off the line here, he's lying through his teeth. 
What do you expect from lawyers sometimes? Okay, the reason why is many times Felix had to go and put down uprisings in all, at least three major ones, as we look at the the writings of Josephus, who was a non-biblical scholar at the time, historian at the time, that recorded a lot of things that concerned the Jewish nation as Josephus was a Jew himself. And so um, Felix was, first of all, not well-liked by the Jewish people, nor was it an area of great peace because of the uprisings. And so... Seeing that through you we enjoy great peace, first right off the line, he's lying. Now, what is he doing? He's flattering, he's flattering Felix. Now, we oftentimes think, oh, well, how silly, how could anybody fall for such kind of talk? (laughs) Well, that's how a lot of people fall. Beware of the flattering tongue. Proverbs warns about those kinds of things. And you'll find with flattery, oftentimes flattery has in its closet backbiting and other things against the very person they're building up. Beware when all men speak well of you, the scripture says. So when somebody's kind of buttering you up, you got to watch out because pretty soon here it comes. They're going to be either hitting you up to buy something or sign up for something or ask you for something. So beware of flattery because it's deceitful. Okay, so he says, seeing that through you we enjoy great peace, and prosperity is being brought to us and by our, by our nation, by your foresight, we accept it always in all places, most noble Felix, with all thankfulness. Nevertheless, not to be tedious to you any further, I beg you to hear by your courtesy a few words from us. Um, so, uh, again, be careful when people say really nice things to you um, because there's probably an alternative motive. Uh, I think there is the encouragement and the blessedness of the saints that we enjoy within the family of God. But when it comes from the outside, I'm always very suspicious when I hear people uh, 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 talking about how wonderful we are, how wonderful you are, whatever I'm going, what do you want, you know? There's something going on here. Well, he says now he's getting down to the crux of the matter. Now we just ask you to hear a few words that we would like to say. For we have found this man, the Apostle Paul, a plague a creator of dissension among the Jews throughout the world and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. Wow. Now, this is, um, you might say, a backhanded compliment for Paul. Notice what it says if you like to underline things in your Bible. For we have found this man a plague and a creator of dissension among the Jews throughout the world. That means and tells me And and by the way, sometimes you'll find how effective what you do for the kingdom of heaven is by listening to what the enemy says. The enemy sometimes will let you know how effective you really are in putting a black eye to the kingdom of darkness. He said that he has had an effect on the whole world. Wow, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? That's coming from the enemy. You know, the enemy would like to say, this guy is nothing. He's really a a, a dweeb. Uh, He really, and he's causing problems. We thought we'd stop him before it gets any bigger. But no, he says he's had an effect on the entire world. So um, you can always learn from people. You, You can learn, if nothing else, not to be like them. So when you hear somebody say something, listen to what they say. You know, last week we talked a little bit about being aware of your presence. 
the things, the surroundings. Paul, it tells us in the previous chapter, seeing that half the group in the room were Pharisees and half the group were Sadducees, he said, because of my belief in resurrection from the dead, I'm being brought before you. Well, the Pharisees who believed in life after death and angels and things like that, and the Sadducees who didn't believe in life after death, they just believed the Bible was just kind of a nice, good, moral way of life. They began to fight among themselves. Paul was aware of where he was at. He knew what was around him, and he used that for his advantage to further the kingdom of heaven and to save his skin a little bit. Well, notice it says, we have found this man a plague. Wow. Hard words. He's a plague. Beware, again, when all men speak well of you. Um, Here um, we find the enemy uh, calling a child of God a plague. And certainly that is true. Uh, We're out to expose and destroy the works of darkness. And here you find a great illustration of what the world thinks of people that do that. To the world, we're a plague. The Bible says we're the stench of death. But to those seeking eternal life, it says we're the fragrance of, of, of life. So depending on what your mode is in your heart, if you're in the receiving mode, you're going to be receiving from God, you're going to be the fragrance of life for those that are looking for God. For those that do not want to have anything to do with God, you're going to be the stench of death, or in this particular case, a plague. A creator of dissension among all Jews throughout the world a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. Now, the Nazarene, the town of Nazareth, was always being dissed on. If you go and look at the first, I believe, uh, one of the first things they spoke about concerning Jesus, can anything good come from Nazareth? Uh, He will be called a Nazarene, the Bible says, concerning Jesus. And so because Jesus was from Nazareth, then the uh, idea was transposed upon Um, Paul, but he was now the acting ringleader of the followers of Christ or the Nazarenes. Well, it says that creator of dissension. Um, One thing the Roman government did not tolerate was dissension. They had a very large empire to run. They didn't allow these independent groups or people to cause issues. And remember when Paul the Apostle was first arrested there in the temple, they thought he was an Egyptian who led some insurrection several years back. (laughs) And so the the Roman was really surprised when he could speak to him uh, in, in, uh, uh, well, first of all, he could speak Hebrew and then he could speak Greek. And so the Roman guard was really blown away because he thought he was an Egyptian who several years earlier had led an insurrection. Well, um, they didn't put up with dissension. So the attorney here is using trip words that are sensitive to the Roman government to cause a reaction. Uh, he's a plague. He's a, well, as it says here, a creator of dissension. Uh, this was to rile up, of course, Felix. And among the Jews and throughout the world, a ringleader of the Nazarenes, He even tried to profane the temple, and we seized him and wanted to judge him according to our law. Now, we seized him. How'd they seize him? It was a mob, and we know that as we look back in the previous chapters. Now, here is where he begins to 
you might say, dis on the Roman government. One of the things you'll find, you let people talk long enough, they will expose their real motive. And here you'll find, notice, but the commander Lysias came and with great violence took him out of our hands. Wow. So now all of a sudden, the government isn't really the Roman government. The government is really the Jews. And by violence, this Lysias came and took him out of our hands. Well, right there should have indicated to Felix who was the real uh, instigator of this whole, whole thing. Because any time you try to take the law into your own hands, you're going to find issues. Well, he says, this commander came and with great violence took him out of our hands, commanding his accusers to come to you by examining him yourself. You may ascertain all these things which we accuse, uh, which we accuse him. And the Jews also assented, maintaining that these things were so. Now, there was no real proof. It was just some people that didn't like somebody saying, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what happened. That's what he said. That's what he did. Then Paul, after the governor had nodded to him to speak, answered thus way. Inasmuch as I know that you have been for many years a judge of this nation, I do more cheerfully answer for myself. Paul did not hire a big shot attorney. He just answered for himself. And notice what he said. Inasmuch as I know you've been a judge, literally, of this nation for many years. He did not flatter him. Do you see that? People that have something to gain are usually flattering. Ladies, be careful. Because that's a lot of times what guys will do. They'll come telling you how beautiful and wonderful and everything like that you are. And then after they get their iron claw into you, then they drag you around and you never hear another compliment for the rest of your life. So be careful of people with flattering lips. The Bible warns it about it over and over and again in every single aspect of our lives. Why? Because we have an ego. All of us do. And that ego loves to feed on something and it will feed on the compliments since so much that our head, our head will swell up so big we'll drag our ears on the doorpost walking out. Because we love to have people say nice things about us. Now, I don't believe that because we say something nice to somebody, that's necessarily, again, flattery. I believe sometimes it's honest observation, and we all should be doing that. So thank you for what you do. But I believe that when it goes beyond that, and it gets, and you can tell when it's getting ooey gooey, when it's getting slushy. Oh, we have all been blessed by your presence, oh, most noble Felix. In reality, they hated him. And I think he knew it. And to listen to that had to be a little comical when this was being presented. So Paul, being straight out honest, just saying, I know you've been a judge here for these people for many years. Was that a true statement? Absolutely. And I'll answer for myself. Because you may ascertain that it is no more than 12 days since I went up to Jerusalem to worship. Now, this is pretty impressive here. It's been no more than 12 days. Look how quickly all of this transpired. Five days, it, he, was, he was held. 12 days previous, um, he hadn't even been arrested yet. 
So now all of this, they um, kind of set everything aside to just go after Paul. So don't be surprised when the world goes after you. There's always going to be things that are out there on the sidelines that can attract their attention. But if they see fresh meat in a Christian, they'll go all over that. Um, And so understanding that, that Paul says, it's only been 12 days since I went up to Jerusalem to worship. And they neither found me in the temple disputing with anyone or inciting the crowd, either in the synagogue or in the city. Nor can they prove the things which they now accuse me, which generally is the case. You see, people that have an agenda like to lie. And unfortunately, we find this sometimes even in the Christian world. And as long as the lie works for them, they will oftentimes leave the lie in place until it is no longer working, and then sometimes they'll then come and say, oh, by the way, I'm really sorry. So in other words, if you have something you're trying to sell, and they're selling the same product in a different different manufacturer, and they diss on your product, and then um, uh, they're really, they're a brother, but they're saying these things, and then once the product has been replaced with a completely different thing, oh, by the way, bro, I'm sorry that I said those things. You've got to be kind of careful of that kind of stuff. Um, the Bible talks about fruits of repentance when, when um, repentance is due. Uh, that isn't like saying, well, hey, I broke in your house. I stole all your stuff. I want you to forgive me, bro. Well, what about my stuff? Oh, well, it's really good stuff. I'm keeping that. Is that really repentance? No. Actually, it's making a mockery out of the whole forgiveness thing. And so without real fruits of repentance, there really isn't any repentance. Jesus said it like this. If you go into the temple to pray and you have ought against a brother, you leave your, your gift there at the temple, you go get it right, then come back and make your, make your petition to God. There's ways that we do things and ways that we don't do things. And unfortunately today in our world, because everything is kind of glossed over in Christian ooey-gooey love, that really there's no, then no individual or personal responsibility in things. And friends, that's not biblical. That's not the way God works. And so as he says here, he says, they couldn't prove anything they were saying about me. Um, Now, I'm sure that there are going to be people that are going to come and make accusations against all of us at different times. My only prayer is that it isn't true. They're always going to do that. And if you're foolish enough to believe that, well, the Bible tells us in Proverbs, only a fool believes one side of a story. If you don't go get the other side of it, then you are really cheating yourself to what truth is. Because any story is believable if you don't hear the other side. So the Bible here is telling us, Paul says, these things that they accuse me of, they're just simply not true. But this I do confess to you, That according to the way which they call a sect, so I worship the God of my fathers, believing all the things which are written in the law and the prophets. And by the way, all the things written in the law and the prophets. Let's look at it again. Believing all things which are written in the law and the prophets. Now, 
You say, why is that important? Jesus is the fulfillment of all the law and the prophets. See, that's what's important here in the way Paul worded it. See, Jesus uh, said, I don't do anything that I don't see my Father doing. He said, not one jot or tittle will depart from the law till they all be fulfilled. Now, the jot and the tittle, those are the two smallest little hyphen and periods above the Jewish writing. And he said, not one of those will go by the wayside till they're all fulfilled. How was the law fulfilled? The law was fulfilled in Christ. Jesus is the reason for the Bible. So then, if we look at the Ten Commandments as an example... If I really love God with my whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit, and love my neighbor as myself, as Jesus said, these are the two most important commandments. They asked Jesus, what is the most important commandment? He said, love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit. And they said, well, what's the next one? Love your neighbor. And he said, well, the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. He says, upon these two hang what? All the law and the prophets. So, understanding that, if I love God, I'm not going to use his name in vain. If I love God, I'm not going to carve an image and try to insult God. Look at this thing I made. Look like you? No. I mean, I'm really amazed how God isn't offended more. How would you like somebody to come to you and say, I carved this image of you. What do you think? You know, and it's, you know, you look at some of these grotesque statues and idols that they've uncovered in archaeological digs and stuff. And you go, God goes, man, any likeness? No, you know what I mean? What an insult. So the Bible says not to have any graven images unto likenesses of, of him. So if I really love God, it's a love relationship. I don't need a piece of wood or a carved piece of plaster sitting on a shelf to remind me of God's presence because I have him in my heart. That's anybody that goes back to a love relationship with a man or a woman. You know what I'm talking about. Um... What's in your heart is far greater than any picture hanging on any wall. So, and if I love my neighbor as myself, I'm not going to slander him. If I love my neighbor as myself, I'm not going to steal from him. If I love my neighbor as myself, I'm not going to covet what he has. Why? Because the God that I love shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. So I don't have to want what somebody else has because I know God will supply what I need and I'll be happy in that. Great. So when Paul says then that in his faith, as he says here, God of my fathers believing all the things written in the law and the prophets that was fulfilled in Christ. I have hope in God, which they themselves also accept that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. Now, This is important because of the reason of eternity. There's going to be, and Paul says this as well, concerning at least the Pharisaical sect of of the Sanhedrin, that he believed in resurrection of the dead. Not just for the righteous, but for the unrighteous as well to stand judgment. Now, You say, why is that important? Well, when you come to the Jehovah's Witnesses, for instance, they believe uh, if you die and you're not a good person, it's annihilation. We don't find that in the scripture. What would be the purpose of a lake of fire that burns forever and ever if it's simply annihilation? 
So Paul here is saying that not only do the righteous live after death, but the unrighteous exist somewhere as well. So this is very important, what he's laying down here. And by the way, this is how we exegete uh, biblical doctrine from the scriptures so that we know through the scriptures, do we find it in just this one place or do we find it in other places? Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.